This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the Scarf Picaro War. For county fans, by county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Oh, what a beauty! Oh, what a beauty! I wasted all my life for that! What a screamer! An absolute screamer! A bit closer. It's only me. Welcome to the Scarf Picard War, where we're unashamedly, unequivocally, unanimously, for county fans, by county fans. I'm Nick Lee, and my word of the day advent calendar has been a tremendous, some might say consummate success. But wait, what's behind this door here? It's only former child, Russ Johnson. Are you alright, Russ? Hey, you're alright. Yeah, all right. You're feeling festive, mate? Uh, I'm getting there, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a late bloomer when it comes to the Christmas, uh, the Christmas theme. Well, what we'll do to get you in the mood, shall we open this uh, door together to see who's on hosting duties with us tonight? Yeah, go on then, let's. Yeah, well, put your hat and gloves on, it's a bit nippy out. So, you, you'll need to wiggle the handle, it's a bit temperamental. Either that or he's slumped against the thing with an acute case of cup fever. It's Dave Long. Evening, mate. You alright, mate? Not bad, not bad. Are you, are you feeling festive? Oh, yes. Can't get enough of it, go- mate. Good, good, excellent. I'm not, so this, this intro is about as festive as I'm going to get. Now, with us being men of a certain age, if that age is somewhere between 25 and 55, who do a football podcast, we obviously don't talk to women, so that's about to change. Now, our guest tonight is an Italian football writer and consultant who, crucially, is a county fan. Welcome to the show, Chloe Beresford. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Right, so, I think we should dive straight into it. Um, county news, what, what's, what's going on, Russ? Well... As we've been watching County on the telly uh, quite a lot recently, let's crack on with the uh, with the new jingle. I'm fully on board. I'm a I'm a brand bitch now. I mean, you know, like people are trying to out poppy each other. I will say this though, it's fucking <laughs> funny, isn't it? That's the type of mad assery that I can't get behind. I've even shouted at ball boys before, and there's genuinely someone in there saying, "Oh, I'd bring Alan Stubbs in." I would have been the only fucker there. I've learnt that Dave wasn't part of the move to, to get us away from Edgeley Park. In a week where we lost beloved golf commentator Peter Alice, we all watched some great county on the telly. Uh, so let's start with Bromley, uh, away 2-0. Uh, 
last Saturday. Just a, a great, just your, your typical Jim Gannon on the road performance. Just grind. We're seeing that more and more. We're just grinding these results. I've said, said it. I think every podcast, but we don't look as though we've properly got going yet, and we're still picking up these results. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, it was back to the wall stuff for, um, for most of the second half, really. But I think we we kind of half invited that. Uh, we got the goal in the first half, and um, I think we were we were happy just to kind of play on the counter in the second. But um, probably a little bit fortunate to get away with a clean sheet in the end, uh, and mm. some might say a, you know a point. Um, but you know we took our chances; they didn't, and three points. I seem to remember they had uh, some pretty good chances as well, didn't they? Um, but uh, is it worth is it worth starting with the coverage of? of the match that Bromley provided and the, the great commentary as well, which was, it just put everybody else to shame, did it not? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Best one. I mean, I know a lot of people have been, I've seen opposition fans raving about their, their coverage all season, but it's genuinely just as good as what you'd get on BT Sport for a conference game. It's quality. Yeah, definitely. Claude, have you been watching County on the, on the streams? I have, but I have to say, the, it puts me off when it's an away game because I hate listening to the away commentators. Yeah. Um, I really much prefer the streams of the home games when it's, you know, John Kerr and familiar voices. Um, but now you've said that, maybe maybe I will uh, take the plunge and watch a couple of away games. Yeah, it's, it's definitely getting better. I mean, it, it, to be fair, even ours is getting better, for, you know, from the first one. I mean, early on in the season, it was it was Worldstone, which I'm pretty sure was was a Facebook Live uh, sort, of, sort of cast. Yeah. Um, but Bromley had a studio before the match. They had um, the stadium announcer was doing the was doing the commentary. So he he would cut away to do the stadium announcing and then come back to do the commentary. Wow. And I just thought that's that's really good. That and you know they were they weren't biased. They were they were straight down the middle. I mean, obviously there was a bit of you know the, you could tell they were Bromley fans. But as far as like the coverage goes, it was was it nine ninety nine? I think I think I paid nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, money well spent. Yeah, it was really good, really good. A couple of cameras, replays, it looked really professional. Commentators were good as well, and you know, not too biased, but obviously knew the stuff about County as well. Yeah, you could tell they'd done the homework, which is a, a nice change. I don't I don't think they said Hinchcliffe either, did they? <laughs> um, no, they, I'm, they, I'm sure they did, but did somebody tweet them and then they corrected it? Or was that, or was that the Rochdale match? Am I getting mixed up now? That was a Rochdale match. Was that Rochdale match? Rochdale yeah. BBC, yeah. yeah, Radio Manchester. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That was the United fan doing, you know, the United fan from Stockport on oh, BBC yeah. Manchester. Oh, a rare, rare breed they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, Bromley had, I mean, Bromley had the chances. I think we just took ours, didn't we? And, um, yeah, read again for the first goal, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. Hit him in the, hit him in the stomach, didn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> It did, but it was. I think it was coming though, wasn't it, at the time? So yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah. against the run of play, and that's been a theme really um, of starting matches really well. And I noticed, um, you know, Barnet away as well um, last night, as, as it happens, um, started again really well. So um, I know Dave Espley will be, be listening to this. He he doesn't like long away trips, but we've done two now to London on the bounce and come away with six points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just going back to the Bromley game, just it's a, you know, if their forward's got his boots on the right feet, then he ends up with an hat trick. Um, a bit like Reed last night. I know he scored two, but he could have ended up with you know four. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought we a similar game to Bromley last night, wasn't it? Really, that uh, Barnet pressed us for um, for a good half an hour, um, and obviously after the red as well. Um, but speaking of the red, c- c- can we discuss in? Well, we're on the red card. Can we quickly discuss in what world that isn't a red card? <laughs> because there seems to... I mean, Barnett's manager, for one, has been has say, said it was harsh. Never. No, I, th- I think it was fully justified. I mean, let's just skip back to the Bromley match. I don't remember seeing the Bromley manager's after-match comments, but... I don't know. I said I don't remember. I didn't watch it, but that's why I don't remember it. But, I but what I didn't see was any reaction to it by county fans. So I don't think the Bromley manager said anything like you know they should have been in it or they should have won it. I think it was clear that we were we were the better team. The Barnet manager on the on the you know on the other hand, you're right, completely you know completely dismissed the red card and said, and said that it was our players that that incited that you know because we were shouting for it. What that's absolute bollocks! He, he went in two footed with his studs with his studs facing upwards. What, yeah. like you say, what planet is that? Not a red card. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, the just going back to Bromley and the sort of manager's post match. I mean, the only thing he said was that the Rooney was Rooney's goal was the only thing he did all game, and I think that that caused a little bit of a, a ripple of uh, of tweets. Bedwetter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but other than that, uh, yeah, he was fairly complimentary and you know bemoaned his size a lot. Which, to be fair, yeah, I mean, they had about four or five really really good chances and probably should have scored them. Um, but yeah, the red card, absolutely. I can't see how anybody would think that it wasn't a red card. It was just ridiculous. And he's and he's moaning about our players' reaction to it. Well, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. It could have easily broken his leg if his foot was planted. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that he's, he's coming out bemoaning their luck as well—it's just just the Pemberton at Chesterfield all over mm-hmm. again. Yeah, it kind of spurred them on a little bit, didn't it? It's sort of a, an a, a adrenaline pressure of about yeah. sort of fifteen twenty minutes after that, and they had a couple of chances. And once we'd weathered weathered that, and their heads had dropped a bit, then yeah, it was fairly comfortable, and we should have scored three or four in the last fifteen minutes. He, he also said that they were on top from the first minute until ten to fifteen minutes after the red card. Yeah, um, I don't know what match he was watching because no, no idea. you know we had majority of the spell. I mean, they, they had they had they had phases of it, didn't they? They had like five minutes here, possibly ten minutes there, and they did have it after they went down to ten men. But to to come out and say that, I just don't, I just don't get it. And what, what the contrast between him and someone like Jim Gannon? I know when when we lose, Jim Gannon doesn't bemoan his luck. I don't think he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't complain about the opposition or anything like that. He just he says it objectively and rationally about what what his team has done wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just don't get it. And it, can you tell that it boils my blood a bit? No, I I completely agree. Um, you yeah. you know, you can't come out and just say oh. We were, I mean, completely at odds with what actually happened. I mean, I'm not, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. Um, we started off really well, like we like we tend to do. They came back into it. We got the goal for it. You know, so I'm trying to be unbiased and I can't see, I can't agree with any of his points. Checking these clubs have got Dominic Cummins doing the PR for them. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Topical. I think the, um, mindset and the mentality of some of these coaches is just so way off you you, mm. you listen to Jim Gannon speak and he 
Um, you know, he could be a top coach in the way that he promotes positivity, elite mindset. He doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't moan about what's happened. He moves on and, and looks for the next game. And, um, you know, when, when other opposition managers come out and they're just saying like these ridiculous things, it just shows them up to be so small time. And, uh, you know, I think that is one of the reasons why County are looking so head and shoulders above other other teams this season because there is a lot of that, isn't there? There's a lot of pettiness and there's a lot of stupidity, basically. Yeah, that's spot on. And I think with with the schedule as well, the fatigue that comes in with it, that's more likely to get players annoyed. And it, it's just ridiculous. Like some of the challenges in the last few games that we've seen flying in, it's just been the challenges of players who can't be asked anymore. It's, and yeah. The injuries are going to start mounting up again the way it's going, I think. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Nick. I was just thinking about the game on Saturday, um, Bromley's number five, who mm. um, upended Thomas after the ball had gone out, liner would give a throw in, and absolutely, mm. absolutely floored him. And then five minutes later, um, after they, you know, the we cleared two off the line, he upends Hogan as well, and it got booked for that. But shouldn't have been, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that his first tackle on Thomas was any worse than the one that was the red card last night. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It did make me laugh on. Uh, I was on. Bar- I went on Barnett's forum last night, and they they said we were a dirty, niggly, typical Jim Gannon team. That's that's, that's, that's Jim Gannon, whose teams win the Fair Play Award pretty much every year. Yeah, just just going back to picking up on a point. Uh, Chloe said before about Jim Gannon's sort of height of professionalism. He, he, yeah. he, he absolutely demands um, discipline from his players, doesn't he? I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not going to go as far as to say Jordan Williams got a, a yellow card last night, so he, he got pulled off. I don't think that was the case, but um, he was probably starting to show ill discipline. You know, he, he had he had a bit of a go at the ref, and you know, st- you could see he was frustrated. Um, and if if players are really really disciplined. Um, it gives them. It gives you a better chance of a positive outcome because there's there's a, or, or or less of a chance of a negative outcome, shall we say? Um, yeah, because yeah. because you don't you don't concede that free kick in the, in the final third, or which I know we did last night. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, or you don't get that particular yellow card that puts you onto five and gets you missing for the next match. So um, there's. I'm not, I'm not even going to say it's method in his madness because it isn't madness. That discipline. I, I I don't I don't know why every manager doesn't have that ethos. Of of having you know trying not to be, um, you know not to be ill disciplined. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I you know sometimes you can hear him in matches shouting no fouls, mm-hmm. um, um, at his players, and I think you know with because I watch obviously Italian football as well. It because I've watched County and they don't foul, and and Jim's got this no fouls thing. Um, you then watch other teams who are committing niggly fouls and putting themselves in trouble all the time, and you're just pulling your hair out because it's like, why why are you doing that? It's stupid. And like you say, I just don't know why other coaches don't follow suit. It's like you can constantly hear Jim shouting, yeah, like you said shouting no fouls, but. Liam Hogan's obviously not listening, so I think that there might be a case. I think before the game, we need to go to go into the opposition changing room and just write no foul on the back of all the opposition shirts just in, <laughs> in the hope that Liam Hogan will listen and just say, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to drop this guy on the edge of the area in the 93rd minute. Yeah, I was, was going to say, just for the purists, it's, it's no foul instead of no fouls. 
Ah, okay. Yep. Oh, Ross. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying that's that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> does, does that mean TLC should change their song to No Scrub? Fuck. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, have you, you noticed with these last two games and if you sort of look at Yeovil and Rochdale before that, I know I've had the, the COVID break, but we are becoming a team or already are a team that's full of, full of character full of determination if you look over the last couple of years would we have won these types of games where there's a goal in it where the opposition are having a shed load of chances um, you know we probably wouldn't have done no. uh, and we're grinding out these results and there will be a lot more like that there'll be a lot more ugly wins um, we, we don't perhaps click where we're probably on the back foot for quite a while but we're grinding out and we're taking our chances Um yeah. You've got, you've got to, you've got to be like that. I mean, at every level, I think. And you know, it's, I don't forget who mentioned it. Being niggly, I, th- I think we are niggly, and I think you need to be niggly. You know, when teams have, when teams have come to Edgeley Park in the past and they've been niggly and they get the crowd going against them, it riles it riles their team up. So I've noticed that even for the red card incident yesterday, yeah, John Rooney was in the in the in the in the ref's face. You know that you know baying for 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 some sort of action. Um, Alex Reed was was boiling piss against Bromley, wasn't he? He didn't sure get taken off. He didn't get taken off for that, but but he would, he was doing that, and we 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 need to have that. Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Not relentless. It's sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? I forget that. Tenacity, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So much for my word of the day advent calendar. Live it. <laughs> Um, yeah, tenacity is kind of like it, but yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take, it'll come to me. It'll come to me in about, in about an hour's time, and I'll just shout it out. But be, be, <laughs> be, being that kind of niggly side, especially away from home, works in our favour because, as we saw a little bit last night, once the crowd got going, but that you know Barnet got going as well, and it disrupts the flow of the game, especially if the other side are on top, and that works in our favour. So it, you know, it does help. I tell you what, Alex Reed loves a crowd, doesn't he? Oh, he does. Mm. Yeah, but he was giving it us, wasn't he? Was he not giving it us? Uh... Yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. in the final. Yeah. But that's the thing I've never understood about county fans who get all uppity about fans celebrate players celebrating in front of it. When when Danny Lloyd did exactly the same, Alex Reed's doing exactly the same. Yeah, well, do you know, I, it's it's funny you should say that because um, I, t- I tweeted about this the other day. But my son obviously plays in net. He's twelve years old now. Um, his team were winning on on Sunday two nil. The opposition scored a goal with five minutes to go. So my son went and got the ball from the back of the net and wouldn't give it to the other strike. You know, to the strikers. Yeah. Um, yes. And and then their their grown adults of a coach called my son an idiot. <laughs> it's like you, what you you've just called a twelve year old an idiot, mate. You, you need to have a long hard look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's just playing the game, and these things that the, the players do against us, and we do, we're starting to do it now against other teams. Um, and I, I don't know about I don't about you lot, but I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a county team be like this in our favour. No, no. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, if you look at the, the teams that bullied us around Edgeley Park last season, so Dover and Torquay and that, they were exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So, so they were, you know, full of big hard bastards who were, you know, a bit niggly and um, very, very strong, very athletic teams, and that's that's what we we become. 
and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You need you need plenty of that if you're going to get out of this league. Yeah, definitely. Was, is there anything from the Bromley or Barnet matches that we've missed that you want to anyone wants to bring up before we move on? Oh, Barnet fans aren't happy in the slightest, are they? It's very similar to when we played Chesterfield and beat them. Um, yeah, I noticed a few comments after the game. Yeah, the call the calling for Martin Allen back again, once again. So I won't be because I think if they, if they keep this fellow in charge, they're, they're going to be dropping out of division the wrong way at the end of the season. But they play they play well, they look decent going forward. But it's just a complete lack of discipline that I think we would have gone on to win it eventually anyway. I think the the fifteen minutes that they had after the sending off, they're eventually going to run out of steam. It's just a matter of time for me. I was quite I was quite, quite I, don't, I don't think I've, there's been a league game this season where I've thought oh shit. Oh no, we've got we're not, we're, we've got no chance here. Like mid game, const, constantly, I just think, well, we're going to get the goal from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And last season, there were times where we looked like we'd run out of ideas, and it was just we were just banging our heads against the brick wall, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen a team that's that's better than us yet. I think Bromley were probably the best side I've seen, um, but even even they weren't better than us. So yeah, so all looking very positive. Yeah, that's on the pitch. Uh, it's looking positive off the pitch, isn't it? Isn't it just the um, the footage of the concourse? I think you're referring to, and well, the, just the general footage of around the ground. It's great, isn't it? New changing rooms, new concourses, all that, and they're doing the is it the banqueting suites and everything are getting done now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that concourse just looks amazing, doesn't it? Absolutely amazing. Are they doing? Are they changing? They're changing the uh, catering providers as well. Are they catering vendors? Um, Apparently, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine so because I can't. I can't see under what grounds CGC would be kept on. Really, no. So, no. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I hope. I hope they change them anyway. Yeah, they can't. Service is terrible. Running out of food. All sorts. Just yeah. Needs, needs changing. It'd be very strange for Stott to come in with his new broom and then just leave the same caterer as Yeah, that, That'd be very yeah. odd for me. What, Chloe, what, what's the worst thing you've eaten or drink, drank at Edgley Park? <laughs> I, um, I don't really tend to... I tend to just like coffee and a Kit Kat, personally. You can't go... Yeah, even our caterer can't so mess choice, up. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But I know it looks it looks absolutely spot on. You know, I think after everything we've been through as a club, it's like it's just so amazing to see somebody come in who is actually um, giving rather than taking, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, just making everything look so professional. And we've you know we've had professionalism in in some areas uh, for a while, but it's making it professional as a whole and I think you know that just really speaks to the the ambition of Mark Stott and you know the the direction that we're that we're heading in I I, it is hard to it's kind of hard to be optimistic because we've been burned in the past (laughs) Um, but I I can't see um, you know it I'm quietly cautious. I think it's 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 all looking like it's it's uh, going in the right direction and looks brilliant. Yeah, yeah. he's he's probably. I, I see. I, I can see what you mean. I mean, if something's too good to be true, or seems too good to be true, then it usually is. 
Um, I mean, it's hard to find anything that they've that they've that they've done wrong. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna be really nitpicky and go back, to, you know, over the whole phase since they've been here, the only thing I can think that has been touted as negative is eighteen eighty three is twice on the badge. That's the only thing, and that was as that was that was from day one, wasn't it, when they first come in? So, um, I just think it's it's just really really looking good. But it shows that the the improvements that they've made and the changes that they've made shows that they understand yeah. um, what is important to the fans. And it shows, um, you know, because everybody's pleased with it and everyone thinks it's it looks brilliant. Um, it, it shows they're not just clueless because people can come in with money and be absolutely clueless about football and about the fans and about what they want. So um, it, it shows that they're actually switched on and on the ball, which I think is probably the most positive thing. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. It just just looks fantastic. Um, as you said before, Chloe, that through what we've been through over the last sort of decade, probably even longer than that, it's just mm-hmm. so nice to have something to smile about with a club. Um, and this isn't a recent thing. This isn't just because we've seen the concourse and the, and the change room now. This has been going on for months, and it's just so nice. I mean, obviously, the only thing now is that you know to get fans back in the ground, um, and that'll come in time. But yeah, it's just, it's just just really good. It's just really good just to see so many nice things happening. I see West Ham's on the Monday night as well, isn't it, for TV? Just imagine ten and a half thousand of us in there under mm. the lights. <laughs> just oh, heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look like you know we'll be uh, getting getting out of tier two anytime soon. So who knows uh, on that one? Mm. Uh, tier three, sorry. Yeah, say tier three. On on that West Ham match, I know we're jumping ahead here, but the last time it was full. Uh, was probably I was I was on the Carlisle match was it I think I think even that was empty in some some areas probably Leeds Leeds yeah maybe Leeds yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in every time it's been full previously it's felt a bit messy full if you understand if you understand yeah. me so certainly when when in the Middlesbrough match um, you know there was there was three people to two seats where I, in and around where I was. I was sat. Uh, I was seeing the City match replayed on on YouTube uh, during the the recent lockdown. There was benches next to the pitch with loads of lads sat on them. I think it must have been the youth team or something. So it felt messy. I just I just feel that if it went if we got um, if we did had a sellout now or you know in the next few weeks or whatever, it feels like because of everything that's been done in the ground, you know, it's all it's all matching colours now. Everything everything lines up. It would feel a lot tidier full. If 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 you get me, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, around the time of around the time of that Leeds game, I remember the, it just looking awful, plainly because the pitch was dreadful. Because we were, we're sharing the sale, that was that was even before you got onto what the stands looked like. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And if if memory serves, that was a an early kickoff as well, and it was quite bright, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. over Christmas. Yeah, uh, that's, it, that's it. Yeah, so it, it felt. It, I don't know with, with early kickoffs. It always feels a bit more untidy, anyway, for me. I don't. I don't know what I've got. Nothing to base that on. It just does. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so just, yeah. So, just picking up on something you said there, Ross, you know, about um, two to a seat against Middlesbrough. Mm. Yeah. How do you oversell 
Hey. Well, 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 well. Ah, well. Yeah, so really? it's, it's not terrorists, is it? It's not like, oh, we're no, going to no. bomb a few more hundred in. It's seats, so how does yeah. that... So three, three to two seats. So I'm not, I'm not saying that the attendance was fifteen thousand, right? you know, because there's th- three people to every two yeah, seats. Yeah. Certainly, where I was sat, people were being, certain people were being let in, and I've, I've seen it throughout going county all, all the years. And I hope, I hope the new regime put a stop to this. Um, people who work on the gate in the past, people who are stewards, just let people in, and especially uh, a big match like Middlesbrough. You know, I, I, I've known stewards there. Since I since I was ten, you know that got that there, we we were just in a particular area where we had some tickets and there was people stood on the steps. When when the real stewards come up, they'd be going, "Oh, can you just shove up so I can sit down so the steward don't get me?" That kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and there's yeah, quite, yeah, quite yeah, a few yeah. of them around where I was sat. So so yeah, so everything's looking really good. And and just going back to again to what what you said, Chloe, about um, everything looks. The, the, you know, someone anyone can come in with money. I mean. Not anyone would be counted, but anyone could come in with money, couldn't they, and just throw cash at it, and it, it could go wrong. You know, the, t- the team could be losing, be mid-table. You've got a manager in who's who's not the right person. You, you do things wrong, like you. I think I think uh, Ben said when he was on the podcast last. You, you know, your fonts aren't your fonts aren't quite uh, the same. You know, you, your branding or your media is different. I think what epitomised it for me, uh, the, the reason what you know that, that said, yeah, they, these know what they're doing. It's the back of the club shop with the with the old gate Stockport County. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just going to quote a tweet from Sam Byrne. Actually, I'm not going to quote it <laughs> word for word, but he put out a tweet slightly after the video, just saying that um, it shows what can be done with an old ground that just needed a little bit of uh, TLC. You mm. know what I mean? And it's, um, it, shows what can be done you spend a bit of money on an old ground and this is what you can create yeah if you compare afc wimbledon's new ground yeah to to yeah. fc park there's no contest at all is there it's just um you know that new ground it just looks so soulless and it's tiny and yeah they nearly all are soulless though aren't they these new grounds yeah I was just going to say, since, about, since around the point that Huddersfield and Wigan got new stadiums, the, you're seeing less and less actual decent ones to, to the point where I couldn't name you the last decent new build ground. It's just, I mean, FC United isn't too bad if, if it was finished. <laughs> As a football league ground, I'd be quite happy with that. Yeah, they're, they're very rarely done well, aren't they? They're very new grounds. They are uh, that you, you kind of walk into one or you see one on the side and you think, yeah. They've, they've done well there, but yeah. It's a trend of like town planners going onto industrial estates and deciding to turn like a former dogging spot <laughs> into a non-league football ground. <laughs> and it's just weird. I don't, it's like, put, put stadiums in town centres. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I said on a, on, a, on a few podcasts ago now that um, if we if we had a new ground, that would be progress. Um, and I wasn't saying that we should do. I was just saying that that would be progress, and I stand by that. But now that at that point, Edgeley Park hadn't been done up, and it needed you know a lick of paint to say the least. Now that it has been done up, and it's and I, don't, I don't even think he's properly started yet. Uh, we know if, if if some of the rumours are to be believed, um, I stay at Edgeley Park for me because um, it's just it's I, I, I couldn't imagine not being there now. Now seeing what you can do with like Sam said um, with with what seems to be very little 
I know it's not, I, you know, I would like to pay for it myself, but, um, you know, a few little touches here and there, and it just looks amazing, and we've not even been back in it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, it's, given, it's given me a, a, a kind of a, just getting to that, I need to get in there as soon as possible, just desperately. I, I just want county and live music back. I don't ask for much. <laughs> Can you all just stay inside? <laughs> and wash it up. <laughs> yeah. That white floor on the concourse is going to be a bugger to keep clean, though, isn't it? That's a nightmare, that, isn't it? Are they going to have one of them little blokes on the floor so. machine? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll do. That's going, to, that's going to be a nightmare, that. It, they, might have to, they might have a sign-up saying, like, no, no work no work boots. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of bounces. No work boots, no football shirts. I think it's the spill, spilled beer getting all sticky that's the worst problem, surely. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. You might imagine dark fruits all over that, <laughs> that floor. Do you, do you think the uh, Kit Kats will go back down to reasonably priced Kit Kats? You know, what is it, two quid a Kit Kat? Do they Ridiculous. do chunky Kit Kats there? I'm yeah, hoping. I don't know. <clears throat> I've never had a Kit Kat from County, so I'm not too sure, but I'm hoping so. I mean, we're showing our ignorance of the confectionery situation here. I'm very, we're meant to have fingers on the pulse of if all things. If it's two quid, then I at least want a chunky Kit Kat out of it. Yeah, they are. They are chunky. Oh god, ones, yeah. good god. Yeah. I, I go in Greg's. They don't do stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on then. Um, FA Trophy draw was done recently. Um, Geisley or Charlie at home? Uh, question. Question number one is: Are we asked? Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't. I, I'm just not asked about Chorley. Full stop. And it's just an excuse for the weirdo element to start this whole <laughs> fuck off Chorley <laughs> stuff up when when they're irrelevant to us now and should remain so. Yeah, it's all just a bit boring. That really, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just sick of the sight of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not even like they're beating us. Well, not anymore, anyway. But but um, you, you just get the sense that yeah, they, they could easily just. But, I mean, they're not going to be bothered either with the F- FA Cup. Surely they've got that to look forward to as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are right though, Nick. It does give people the chance to, to sort of resurrect some sort of faux rivalry that we had a, a few seasons back. So, yeah. That's... Mm. But, yeah, are we asked? I am, personally, yeah. Let's go for it. Um, it's quite possible that could be the first game where yeah, we're Yeah, it's a trophy we've well. never won. You know, let, let's go for it. Stay out at Wembley, hopefully. Fingers crossed. There's plenty, there's plenty so, of those, though, isn't there? Trophies we've never won. Yeah, I mean, it's a trophy we've never won that we've got a chance of okay. winning. Okay. Okay. Go on. Thanks for that caveat. I like that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if it is the first, I mean, if, if it's the first batch that we're allowed back into Edgeley Park, that'll be a bit disappointing for me. As much as I want to go back, I'd rather it be Notts County at home or you know, something that gets gets the blood going a bit. I don't care. I don't care. I did say on the last one I wouldn't go to a Cheshire Senior Cup game, and I think that's where I draw the line. But <laughs> if I was one of the lucky two thousand to get in, then then yeah, count me in. I front of the queue. I could see you at the Cheshire no, Cup, Dave, no. Sh- sharing out your footies <laughs> on the train. A train from Denton. I don't think there's a train that runs from Denton. Good point. Yeah, tram it is. So anything more, that was a short conversation, wasn't it? Anything, anything more? On your <laughs> I, was to, I was trying to work out whether the tram went, and it doesn't, obviously, because I don't know why I have to think about that. And the nearest is Ashton, so there you go. Yeah, the tram from Ashton. But then you've got going to town, haven't you? And what's the point in that? I might as well get the 327 and get the bus. 
There you go, there you go, folks. Well, the, the FA Trophy is that is that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you've been waiting for. Oh. I'll tell you what. If if last if last year's final is going to be as interesting as that conversation was, then they might as well not bother playing it. <laughs> I don't think they are anyway. Have it? It's, it's how we got Notts County, and it seems like they're just waiting for Notts County to. I think they're waiting for Notts County to get knocked out of this one, and then they can do two finals on the no. same day. Really? Yeah, they're planning to do two it finals was, on the same day, aren't they? Yeah, because they normally do the FA Trophy yeah. and FA Bars together. But yeah, North County get knocked out of this one, and then possibly gets like they, they you know, they can. Are they not, are they not just game. waiting for North County and Her- uh, Hereford, North County and Har- uh, Harrogate to just be free on the same day? Are they not just waiting for that? I don't know because it's, it's it been ages. Isn't it? It's getting it's getting a bit of a joke, and it's a bit embarrassing now, isn't it? Just just call a game off each on a weekend and play it. I mean, yeah, the longer it goes on. You know, I'm starting to think that Harrogate will have some kind of unfair advantage. I mean, they are a football, oh, football <laughs> team now, aren't they? You know, I'd, yeah. Well, that, that begs the question, how far can Harrogate go then? Because just imagine Harrogate play, preparing for a Europa League qualifier and, and then having to go back and play Notts County in a final <laughs> from 10 years before. Yeah, good shout, yeah. So what was, oh, that... what, what was the second question then, Ross? Um, oh sh- fucking hell! What was it? Um, do you know what? What, what? 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 What was the first one? Oh, are we, are we asked the second we asked. one? Yeah, the second first question is: Are we asked? The second one was: like, Can you get a train from your house, Dave? That was the second question. <laughs> um, and we covered that. Oh, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, I, won't, I haven't got a second question. I don't know why I said that. Um, all right, but, okay. but all right. A, question, a question that I have got for all three of you. Um, where have you been watching the matches? So, is it, is it like living room, bedroom, um, surrounded by Christmas presents as Dave is tonight? Um, you know, just paint us a mental picture of where you've been watching uh, the, the live streams. I'm, I'm uh, purely bed, bedroom in pyjamas. Is that because your missus won't I know, I know you didn't ask the, what in yeah, the main room. No, no, but my, my PlayStation's upstairs in the bedroom, and that's that's what I used. I used a browser on that to, to get the streams on because I, I found that. It's it's more uh, up to date the stream using that. If I've used a laptop and I've been about twenty seconds behind, I, I realise you didn't ask me what what pants I was wearing, but I thought I thought it was vital. <laughs> yeah, to the whole, I just assume you wouldn't uh, be wearing any Nick while you while you're watching. Oh no, no it's, it's only early in the season, mate. We're not, we're not you know nothing certain yet. What about you, Dave? Um, well, funny you should ask this. Living room <laughs> first of all, but as you know. I have 73 kids, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and as I mentioned on a previous pod, the only reason, uh, not the only reason, but one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I go up county is so I have a bit of peace and quiet, but now you can't get it, can you? Now I'm going to try and watch county and set notes for the blog and doing pods and stuff and, you know, sheep herding 73 kids, so we, me and my lad, me and my eldest made a decision to watch it on um, on his telly in his room about four games ago so that's what we do nice. it's nice and peaceful nice and peaceful in there I mean I, I can't watch it in the living room because we've got like a low-hanging like chandelier type thing in the living room chandelier is probably the worst way of describing it I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like I've been, I've been watching the crown too much it's, it's killing me um, but yeah so when I jump up I'm banging my head 
So I'm gonna have to, I have to stay upstairs. I mean, we don't. I don't want to be banging my head any more than I already have. Like some some important information could slip out of there. What about you, Chloe? Um, in the living room, uh, just on the on the TV, and then I've usually got some form of Serie A match on the iPad, so it's like a multi-screen setup. Nice, nice. <laughs> it says it all. Chloe in the living room with like two like multi-screen setup, and me and Dave just in bedrooms, like. like <laughs> <laughs> No one wants to see you through the living room window, Dave. Get upstairs. <laughs> what, about, what about you? Ross? What about you? Uh, well, I, I there's a reason why I asked this. I mean, I, I obviously watch. Well, not obviously, but the Saturday games are watching the County Arms on me. Uh, whatever. Oh, whatever. I knew, I knew that's what why you asked. No, so you it's not. Oh, by the no, way. it's not. I, I, I didn't think that, but it's not. And when, 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 when lockdown's all gone, you can come and watch it in here with me and we can all have a beer together. But yes. um, I've been watching the midweek matches in the living room. Now, the reason why I brought this up is because I wanted to know if anyone else had, had, had suffered from this. My wife sits there and she has the county goals on notifications on her Android phone. Doesn't have to switch the, the bugger off. So I don't even cheer for the goals anymore because all I hear is a beep or or a vibration. I go, oh, something's going to come now, isn't it? And obviously, re- recently it's been it's been in our favour, which has been pretty good. But it just takes the whole, it just zaps the whole, um, you know, yes, we score right. kind of thing out of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I wasn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, you know, the county arms is amazing, and I'm really lucky to have it. And it's uh, I know you all wish you were there. What wasn't the reason why I, was, I brought it up? <laughs> I've only I've only fallen foul of that twice. Uh, kitchen against Halifax, which is our first goal of the season. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I should turn me turn me phone off, yeah. turn me phone on silent. And Ash Palmer against Weymouth. I was looking at my phone at the time and was like, oh yeah, right, we're going to score in a minute. But people were actually using it as a stick to beat the club with at one point. I saw people tweeting Sam Byrne and the yeah. club account as well, just saying, oh, I got a notification 10 seconds before the goal went. I paid £10 for the stream. So I'll turn your notifications yeah. off. Yeah. Sorted. Yeah. People love to moan now, don't they? Oh, oh, we do, we do. Don't they just, Jesus Christ. It's, 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 the, whole, um, it's the whole idea idea behind getting people to write in, to be honest, <laughs> isn't it? The, the moaning, the moaning bedwetters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's a, that's the trophy draw. That's where do we watch it? And I think the other thing, just to mention very briefly, is that uh, two of our young lads have gone out on loan, haven't they? To Cheadle. Cheadle yeah. Nomads, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my my neck of the woods. That. So that's good. And we've had no new signings since we lasted a pod, which we're doing a pod every week now. So we need to be have our fingers on the pulse, don't we? So. Um, yeah, no new, no new signings or, or anybody leaving. Although Niall Bell's doing quite well at Halifax. Nice. Yeah, he's got a street screamer last night. Scored at weekend as well. Yeah, so their, their fans want to keep him. Yeah, and and some of our fans would probably let him stay. Yeah, they've scored about they've scored about thirty three in about four games now, haven't they? It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just banging of it. So he's doing pretty well, and then on on. Um, I mean, just very briefly on the women's on the women's side, uh, there's been no games, so there's nothing to report on the women's side. I think they've just started training again, um, so we will keep you up to date on those um, as time goes on. It's absolutely baffling that the men are allowed to train and yeah. the women aren't. But 
But at the, at the end of the day, baffling's a bit of an understatement when it comes to anything coronavirus related. Yeah, I think it comes down to the elite and non-elite sort of element, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, just, just totally forgetting the whole mental health side of it and just the fact that people need to exercise. Oh, don't get me started. I've started now, God. <laughs> the good news is they're back in training, so we'll, we'll just see the results start to flow in pretty soon. So um, by all accounts, I, I mean, recently, I think, you know, third or fourth in the league, so not not the pre, uh, pre-season pre sort of optimism that's kind of gone slightly. So uh, we'll see how that pans out for the women's team. Shall we move into listeners' letters? Yes. Yes. Do you have a letter for us, Russ? So it says, Dear the Scarf Bagara War. Can that's us, that's us. Oh. They're writing to us. Uh, it came in as an email as well, so you know it's pretty old school to be fair. Uh, can you help me? I'm at my wits' end. The club, Stockport County, will not respond to any of my messages, and I don't know where to turn. For example, they tweeted last night. Gold for Reed. So I replied, what are the club shop opening times? I didn't receive a reply. Furious. So then they tweeted again, yellow card for Williams. So I asked, what's happening with the Chesterfield refunds? I'm the current season ticket deliveries. And if I'm 28 now, but 29 in February, what star, what star sign does that make me? Again, no reply. The Scarf Bagara War, please can you help me? Yours sincerely, Peter Git. So, yeah, so that, that was a letter. What, what do you think about that um, that, that letter that we've had? In? Can, we, can we help them? What, what do we do? Well, you can't please all the people, can you? That, that, that's, that's what I have to say on it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so good with the advice. No, but I, can interest I, you I think, I think that we, we should, be, should be helping. Uh, the club you know, shouldn't be tweeting about the game when, it, when, somebody, when we're playing. They should be helping their fans. You know, we pay their wages, so <laughs> you, should, you should be on the, on the ball replying <laughs> to us about Chesterfield refunds and, um, you know, season tickets and things like that. Yeah, right, you know, can't we media team? I haven't got anything else to do. It's not like they're, they're there, is it? You know, they'll be at home. COVID. Can't, can't get in the ground now. I, I, always find, I always find that the people, the people tweeting this type of stuff to the club, expected answer. It's the same people who like live in Wales and share a lost dog post from Australia. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, shared, Colin Bay. Yeah. Yeah, the, the club should be helping people. I think it's disgraceful. Yeah. But they don't even bother to reply about Chesterfield refunds anymore. I mean, we've got a number of fans who aren't allowed to wear socks. So the, these are the people we should it, be helping. It just makes me laugh. I'm dying to reply to them as well. You see it on Facebook as well. You know, the club will tweet something totally unrelated and they'll just reply with something completely left field. It just winds me up. I did see what they posted something on... Um, it was something about... I think it was uh, on Facebook about the community stuff, the, the county community stuff. And someone had actually replied saying, <laughs> oh, is Ash Palmer fit for Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we better get on it. Someone find out about Ash, quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget them starving kids. Forget, forget them. Well, you better ring him. I know who he is. Yeah. Ben from Hazel Grove wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not Ben from Hazel Grove again. I thought I'd resurrect Ben there. He's, he's getting a reputation now. Who Ben is? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost become shorthand for a Monian fan now. I see, I see people mentioning it on Twitter now. Oh, he, he's a right Ben from Hazel Grove, he is. Mm-hmm. 
It's, it's sweeping the nation. Well, setting trends it's like, off. It's like fidget spinners and um, Bob the Builder. There you go. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I think of anything else. It swept the nation. It swept the nation like just gone back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, that 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 would be my advice. My advice anyway would be get over yourself. That would be my advice. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, f- f- contact the club. I think people have a, f- a phobia of phoning other people these days, don't they? I know um, I do. Yeah, I don't know what it is with, with, with the younger generation. I mean, me and Dave, we, I mean, we're probably like me, Dave, we're similar age. We'll, we, we don't mind just actually phoning somebody, do we? No, no, no. You're not that much older than me. That that sounds like um, you're like twice my age. I mean, I'm 33. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm generation... Oh, no, we're the same generation, aren't we, I think? Is it Generation Z we are? I, I I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't know what yeah. day it is. Labels are tins. Oh, that's the episode title sorted. <laughs> um, but we are setting like little trends though, because bedwetters I've noticed. Is, I mean, I know, I know, I know, Nick, you didn't coin the the phrase or the or the term, but it has been used more and more since you said it. I fair. did notice someone on when when there was the whole thing with yellow board moving and people got called Nazis over it uh, by some normal individuals. What one per, <laughs> so, so, someone on there was saying, "Oh, everyone's saying bedwetter now." I, I said bedwetter first, and then someone actually—I I didn't even notice this at the time—but some, someone actually went and dredged up my post where I would use it for the first time. Someone has actually used the search function on yellow board to search for bedwetters, so I was quite pleased with that. That's a little badge of honour that. Imagine, imagine being a, a grown adult, yeah, and trying to claim that you said a word first. Yeah, when everyone knows that I said it first, I've just told you I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? Cool. Right, should we? Uh, should we call that half time? Yes. Yeah. Have a quick two two minutes and then get back at it. Yeah. Cool. <coughs> All right. Right. I'll just nip and have a quick cigarette to get a drink. While while we do that, we'll hear from Gary Stopforth. See you later. Hello, I'm Gary Stopforth, and I listen to the Scarf Bagara War. So anyway, he says, I take the Viagra to stop myself pissing on my shoes. (laughs) 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 Oh, anyway, we're back, we're back. So, yeah, welcome to the second half. Thanks for that, Nick. Good good little uh, anecdote that. Um, We welcome our esteemed guest, Chloe Beresford. Welcome, Chloe. Hiya. So in this part of the show, we, we, we delve deep into the guest and, and ask ask lots of really tough questions as if you're on um, as if you're on an episode of Piers Morgan talks with. Um, so <laughs> the, the first one, I think. Will I be worried? <laughs> no, it's, it's nothing like that um, actually, because we're not dickheads. So um, <laughs> yourself. The first question, I mean, first thing to talk to us about is you, you know we, we've. We obviously know you're a, you're a football writer and consultant in Italian football, and you're a county fan. How did yep. just just tell us a bit about the 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 Italian football side and how, and how you got into that and and how that, how that works for you for you today? Um, well, it's kind of a long story, really. I um, obviously grew up watching County. I think the first, well, you know, like a lot of people um, my age, got free tickets with school. Um, I think it was 93, 94, the first season I went. Um, and then all through 95, 96, and, you know, from then onwards, just absolutely hooked. It was obviously a good time to start 
being a county fan because it was when they started to get good um and you know went to away games with the county juniors as well as home games i was just obsessed with football obsessed with it um and then obviously because of the absolute love for county not interested really in the premier league um you know outside of watching county and and at the time it was italian football was available on channel four so it was when you weren't at county uh if you've been to county on saturday on a sunday you could watch italian football um but the other connection is that um my great granddad played for man city in the 30s um you bear with me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um so um they actually won the FA Cup in 1934, and after the season, uh, they went on a postseason tour to Europe. And he was like a, a reserve team player. It was a great team at the time. They had Matt Busby, they had Frank Swift. It was uh, a really, really excellent team. A lot of internationals. Um, but as a couple of the players went off on um, England duty in Hungary. He got the chance to play a first team game against Fiorentina. And he actually um, scored in the game, um, and which was incredible, really, considering he was just you know a reserve team player. And the whole of the Italy's 1934 World Cup squad that were about to go on and win the FA, um, sorry, the World Cup, um, including Giuseppe Miazza, they were all on the sidelines watching. Oh. So it, it was just kind of like, in my family, a real source of pride. Uh, my great granddad was just a, a normal, uh, a normal man from Reddish, and he he had this amazing experience in the thirty when people didn't travel abroad, abroad at all. Um, so we obviously wanted it's the same stadium now where they played in in the, in the thirties at Fiorentina. So we obviously wanted to go and see where he played. So we went over there. Um, people, because it's Fiorentina are not um, a kind of a touristy team, not like the Milan clubs or Juve, where people want to, you know, English people want to go over and watch. We were like really curious why we were there. So we explained all about it, all the whole story, and they just were amazed and, lo- and loved it. And so we made some really firm friends and we've kept them back. And, um, I always had a desire to be a football writer since I was young, um, but it never really sort of worked out that way. And I just started um, blogging about Fiorentina um, once we'd been over there. Uh, That was about six years ago now. And uh, I just sort of started writing for free. And then um, I I found out that I loved it and I was good at it. And um, people started to pay me and hire me. So I, I started by dropping down my hours to like part-time in my in my normal job um and and now I I do it full-time and I absolutely love it that that do you know what I didn't expect that story you expected me to say well I love Gabrielle Battistuta yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I love well, James Richardson <laughs> I don't. I don't know many people. I don't know many people's backstories as to why they support a second team, especially a foreign second team. And I, I must admit, uh, I always scoff at it quite a bit because I always just think, well, have, have you got time for two teams? Um, but that is pretty. That I mean, that's up there. <laughs> that's really, that, really that good. Beats, that beats my story anyway. Mine was yeah, just. Yeah. I used to watch football Italia on a Sunday, pretty much like you did. But that's a great. <laughs> 
great yeah. story that that is awesome that's, that's phenomenal and we've got you know where the bricks in Edgeley park yes yeah. the personalized ones we've got one that says stop port viola and there's a few uh, of my dad's mates that are all county fans that have been with us to florence and we've been in a massive group about 20 of us at times all county fans um you know and uh people like know us and it was really weird a few years ago um fiorentina played a friendly at chelsea um and we went and that there's like these random italian people that you've never seen before in your life in, on a street in london pointing at you and going stop port <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally surreal you know it's and and some of them have, have started to sort of follow county as well and and follow their fortunes so um, I think uh, a, f- a few of them are, uh, sort of pricked their ears up when they, they found out we were playing West Ham. So yeah. I bet they'll be tuning in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it sounds like you are of a certain age. Um, so similar to me and possibly Dave as well. But Nick's like nearly, Nick's 24 or something, aren't you? You're dead young, aren't you? So, I'm but, 33. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, because that's around the time that I started going county. So, do, do you yeah. did you ever remember um, the the very early championship managers that that you could only get in the Italian leagues? I, I seem to remember that. No, no, I have to say I'm just not a fan of championship. Okay, managers. fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Football is my thing, but I, you know, I just never really got into it. So, yeah, more of a yeah. FIFA fan. No, 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 I just don't do computer games, unfortunately. Well, that's that's because you're growing up, isn't it? And we 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 never grow up. <laughs> Men, children. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so one, the, thing, uh, one thing, sorry to interrupt you there, Ross. One thing I just wanted to pick up on from uh, Chloe's story there is that people pay her to write, yeah? Mm. Okay, and I'm doing this for free. Well, See what I'm paying you. See what, what I'm getting at? <laughs> we'll pay you when we get paid. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then, fair enough. Yeah, but when we get paid, we'll sort you out, yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, do, I do want to come back to the to the football Italia thing, because I used to watch that. Um, yeah. I think it was just a staple of any young person's born in born in the 80s and you you liked football it was on channel four like you say on a sunday and there wasn't much there wasn't much live football on telly in them days was they um don't want to make, make it sound really old now um <laughs> well the premier league had just gone to the, it had just gone to sky sports when football italia had launched and you know not every household had sky sports or mm. or yeah, had to pay point. for it or even wanted to pay for it so it was on free to air mm. tv you know, I think that's why a lot of people um, tuned in. Yeah. Plus, yeah. it was obviously a brilliant format, you know, with James Richardson and everything. Yeah. yeah it's become iconic now, that, that format. Yeah, especially, like you said, among, amongst this generation of people, that is that is every, everyone's gateway to Italian football. I know it's the case for me as well, yeah. yeah. And, that, and George Weyer's goal, was it against Verona? <laughs> where he pretty much legged it the whole length of the pitch. Uh, I, was, yeah. I was sold then. I was like, yep, this will do for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, how cool was it that he played at Edgeley Park as well? It's, um, I think, it was, was it Jim Gannon's Jim Sestero, yeah. 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 yeah, and, and that, that was his cool, first that. game for City, wasn't it, I think? And took a bit of a hammer in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's my uh, interest in Italian football, it follows that similar pattern of watching football Italia, as I mentioned, but it kind of started... After Italia '90, it was kind of the first World Cup that I remember, um, and followed that that pattern of you know Channel Four, 
Gazetta on a Saturday morning and obviously um, the the game on, on a Sunday. And yeah, the goal against Fiorentina, actually, I'm hasten to add that Del Piero scored <laughs> in the last oh, minute. Yeah. Um, after being 2-0 down and uh, yeah, flipped a volley in and that was it for me that was pretty much like the George Weah one for you Nick, that that was it for me um, sold 26 years later yeah um, love it love it, I, I, still, I still I don't I, I became, I'm going to try not to hijack this too much I, I became a little bit disillusioned after um, Allegri left uh, a few mm. years back because it just became the the problem with Italian football is that Juve are just so good, so better than everybody else that you only really look forward to the Champions League. I mean, it's playing the obvious. We're never going to win that. So, uh, yeah. But I, watch, I, still watch, I still watch the odd game though. Like, like last night, I saw the highlights. So, so, so just, just sort of connecting the two here. And I, I, know, I don't want to talk about Juventus too much because obviously it's Fiorentina and, and no no oh, please I, I, don't don't feel I, like you have to <laughs> no no I want to I want to I do want to get into sort of your writing as well Chloe but cook do, do you I mean I, I don't but do you understand the game in Italy on a cultural level as well so and what, I'm, what I mean by that is in, in Juventus's sort of um respect I I I've I know I've got friends in Italy uh, I've got an, a friend who's an Atalanta fan who works with me they they say that Juventus are kind of the team that everybody loves to hate, and if if yeah. <laughs> you know the, the crowds are really bad if if they're not doing well, and you know I know they went down a few seasons ago, didn't they? Um, was it irregularities and things, and you had to work their way back up, and were they getting were they getting six thousand mm-hmm. six thousand crowds and things like that? What, what what how does that work in terms of that, that sort of cultural aspects? Um, yeah, I think you know I've obviously um, I've not only been to Fiorentina, I've been all over Italy watching games at, you know, lots of different stadiums, talked to lots of different people. And um, you have to really view um, Juventus as a, a separate entity in, in Serie A because um, there are there are so many clubs who are behind the times in terms of the fact that um, most of the clubs don't own their own stadiums. They're owned by ca- the councils. And so they can't make the money that they need to make in order to have long-term success. Mm. Um, you know, even when you look at like Milan and Inter, they don't own San Siro. It's owned by the council. And they are not able to generate the revenue that Juventus can. And that's seen them fall away. Um, so Juventus are like a modern European club. They've got this brand new stadium. Um, when you go to it, everything works perfectly. Like um, every every Italian ground you go to, you know, there's the, like this massive, massive squash to get in, and it's all like really kind of raw and. Um, it's a really, you know, if you if you like that kind of thing, it's such a great experience. Um, but when you go to Juve, everything is ordered and perfect and the toilets are clean and, you know, everything is set up like as if, I guess, if you went to watch Bayern Munich, it would be the mm. same. Um, they're, they're set up for elite European football, basically. And the other teams in Serie just aren't. And they, they're backed by the Agnelli family who own Fiat, which also uh, encompasses like Ferrari and a lot of other car companies as well. So they're, they're kind of seen as this big um, financial giant that 
um, nobody else can get near. And, and that sort of causes a lot of suspicion and distrust and, and dislike, really. So um, that's the kind of story with Juve and the rest of the clubs. Jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> No, you have, you're absolutely spot on, Chloe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because, the, the, like you say, the other clubs um, not not got the financial clout, but that that wasn't always the case, was it? And and I'll go back to it. You know, when I yeah. when I played championship championship manager in the nineties, all the big all the big signings across Europe, they were, they were Italian, weren't they? Italy had all the best players. Um, and it and it's been taken over by the Premier League over time, and probably even the Spanish leagues, arguably better than the Italian league. I mean, I know they say that those are the big three, but in, in the nineties and, and the early noughties, it was it was Italy all the way, wasn't it? Getting to Champions League finals, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, obviously at the time it was it was really the biggest league in the world. Uh, like you say, all the stars went to Serie A through the 90s, early 2000s. Um, but, and I, I talked about this with um, somebody that um, in the past worked at Inter. Uh, and he explained to me that, you know, they, when the Premier League uh, started in 92, that Italy was... The, in terms of finances and, and off the field stuff, it was the strongest league. It was stronger than the Premier League. But it's been absolutely left behind now by the Premier League because the Premier League understand marketing, they understand uh, finance, they understand so much more. And Italy is quite um, a traditional country. A lot of um, rules and regulations are very like stuck in the ways. And they've been left behind because they haven't modernised um, if you, it only takes a, a brief look at the Serie A English Twitter account to see that um, they're just miles behind. It, the, the English is like what you know, like the Pelosman off Hello Hello. You know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like it's just totally. It's 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 not even English. Yeah, and the things like that that's so so important. Um, in in modern times, like marketing and, and um, getting kids interested in it, it, it's just not there, and and they have been um, passed by sadly in that respect. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Chloe, but did they did they not have an English Twitter account up until a couple of years ago? No, they've still got it. They've got it now. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. only a, is it only a recent thing? Yeah, yeah. I think they kind of relaunched it. All right, yeah, it's, yeah. Still not, it's still not any good. All you need to do is get somebody, either English or somebody that speaks English properly, and they're just not capable. <laughs> I mean, the, there are problems. Um, I, don't, I don't want to go on about all the negatives about Syria, but you know the problems with racism that they've had. They, the league said, right, okay, we're gonna we're gonna nip this in the bud. This time, we're gonna really do something about it. And so they came up with this campaign to combat racism and they'd got a, an illustrator to come up with some images and the images... Oh, I remember, people, yeah. I know what that says. We were monkeys. Like, you could literally have chosen anything else but that. Um, so, yeah, um, they're just not very culturally aware. They're not very modern. It's a load of old white guys, basically, <laughs> that... 
that need to, you know, they need to be replaced by people who actually know what they're doing. Um, yeah, but, I think that their yeah, reasoning they, was that it was that this is where we descended from. Um, yeah. yeah, like we were all. The yeah, same yeah. I mean, it was really, it was really, even the explanation was really bizarre. I just yeah, completely agree with you there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's so many, there's so many positive things about it. You know, the if if you actually go as a fan, um, the the atmospheres are just, you know, it's like you know those nights where uh, I don't know, like um, Middlesbrough away or or at Main Road when Dinning scored right at the end, and you've got that just electric atmosphere that just sets you on fire it, it, it's like that in Italy and and the colour and the, the choreography when they do the displays before the matches it really is an experience um, if you enjoy fan culture it's, it is something um, to definitely experience at some point or another yeah yeah definitely it's something that I want to do anyway um, yeah. and I've got a friend who, who does a lot of ground hopping and he's been into Italy so um, it sounds sound. It does sound really good. I fancy the uh, I fancy the Milan derby. I know that's just kind of the pinnacle, isn't it? Almost. So, um, you 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 yourself though, Chloe. You're you're an Italian football writer. You don't spe- you don't um specifically specifically cover Fiorentina. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, because basically there'd be no money in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I do the whole the whole. League. Do you hear that, lads? We'll need to expand. Should we just not do county and just not start, do county? Start, yeah, just start doing a wider podcast. Well, do the we, national might, league. we might as well do one about filed because most of our players will end up playing for him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Curzon Ashton now, isn't it? Yeah, it's Curzon. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. So do you do you go into? Um, do you go as do you delve into Serie B and C one and C two that kind of thing, or is it is it just Serie A that, uh, you, that you concentrate on? Just Serie A, really, because um, the drop off in quality is not like England. Like there is there's this such huge gulf between Serie A and Serie B um, that you know I I would probably say that County are better than most sides in Serie B. Get in. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Um, it's not. I mean, um, I've been to um, a, a fan-owned club. They were the first fan-owned club in Italy, and they're called um, CS Lobosky. And I've uh, I've written about them several times. They've been on the Guardian and that. Um, so you'd be able to find the articles. But they're a really, really cool club. Um, they, they're they're owned by the fans, and they sort of everything from the groundsman to making food for the fans before the match they they do it like all together and they see themselves as one because they say um football's got too corporate there's a too much of a distance between the fans in the stands and uh the players on the pitch and to bring them them closer to each other um they've created this fan owned situation and uh they you know the fans eat with the players uh, a big meal together, a big social event, uh, and they've got like these mad flares and megaphones, and the atmosphere there is, is brilliant. I mean, the standard of football is not any good, really, but it's it's just the experience of being there and and just um, the idea of this fan-owned initiative that they've got. I just find that really cool. That sounds that sounds really good. That's, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. Is Nick gone? No, sorry. I was no, just, 
in terms, you guys were helming that so well then that was like oh I might, I'll just uh, I'll just sit here and and marvel at your your skill. Um, it seems like it's like that with a, I know Spain's the same as well. The lower league system. I think England has got the most developed lower league system of any. Yeah, that's sure. why everyone loves the FA Cup, I suppose. Because yeah, there's no no real equipment. Well, they have the Coppa Italia, but it's kind of like a seeded system, yeah. and the big teams come in right at the end. And um, you do get the odd team. Uh, I think it was Alessandria one year sort of got like to about the semi final stage. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not often. It's not like the mm. FA Cup. You couldn't compare it to that. So. Yeah, not often. like 2020, 2021 season when Stockport knocked West Ham out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the case in a, a lot of, if not all of the other European leagues. Um, I deal a lot with um, p- people on the continent at work and. I was on a call with our Swiss office and, uh, you know, I, I said I'm a Stockport County fan and, and they said, well, what division is that? And I said, well, it's tier five. And they said, is it, is it, what, is it professional? And I went, well, yeah. And they were like, wow, you know, tier yeah. five is professional. Um, so, I, so I can definitely see that. I just thought it, with Italy, I thought the depth went a bit, bit more, a bit deeper than Serie B. So when does it become semi-professional then? Is that, is that a Serie C? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and for such, for yeah. such, um, I mean, it's a, it's a big country, isn't it? And football is 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 the first sport, is it? Is it not in in yeah. Italy? Yeah, it's like cycling as well. They, they they are really mad on cycling, but uh, yeah, football really. They just they they are crazy about it. Like Gazzetta dello Sports, like something like the the second or third. Uh, no, sorry, it's the fir- the most popular newspaper in the country, and then one of the others is like third or something. Wow. Like Corriere. Like that. So, yeah, and you only have to go really and, and see. Um, just if you go in a cafe in the morning, it's it's always people sitting there, you know, having the morning espresso and that they're, they're talking about the game and they get quite heated at times and you get all the hand gestures and that. Um, but yeah, they it's they are they are sport obsessed. It's everywhere. It's on every. Uh, if you go in a bar, it's always on the TV, and there's people just talk, discussing football in a studio on the telly all the time. Yeah, That's really good. We we need to arrange a, arrange a podcast trip to to an Italian game, don't we? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm getting ready. I've I've set my kitchen bin on fire, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having lasagna okay, for me too. I'll get you in with the ultras at Fiorentina. Sorted. Oh, I don't. I don't I, oh no, I, I'm, I'm too much of a of a little nervous weirdo to be anywhere near any sort of activity <laughs> like that. Oh no. <laughs> Russell will be there though, won't you? Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Do I have to, I do I have to wear a balaclava? A balaclava yeah, what just for? to hide my face. Don't they all? Don't they all like a bit? Didn't didn't um. What's his face? The Cockney guy who, who everybody hates. What's he called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I say, yeah, did he not go off, you know, for a right touch and a bit of a... Yeah, I think that's, that's probably a bit dramatic. Okay. Just saying all Yeah, it, it depends, like, um, it depends on the club, really. Um, Lazio are, yeah. yeah, a bit controversial, obviously, in the, and there, there is that element there still. Um, but a, a lot of clubs, it it's it's dialed down in terms of like violence and stuff like that. It's, I don't think it's like it was say 10 years ago or something like that. Um, 
there was there were some games you would probably avoid, but in general, there isn't really that that kind of element. Not not in terms of my experience, anyway. No. But yeah, ultra ultra um, probably does have those connotations mm. of maybe violence, balaclava hiding your face. But actually, what an ultra means is um, the ones that stand in the middle of the curve and the ones that make the noise, bring the banners. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. they're part of a, usually part of an organised group as well, and uh, bring the flares and all. No, it I, is I, it is usually about that kind of sort of next level fandom, isn't it? Rather than kind of anything sinister, yeah. it is it is yeah. mostly about about that, like you say. Um, we, we've got it on a much much smaller scale with the people organise you know organise the flags for big games and stuff like yeah. that. But that's, that's yeah, not even the tip of the iceberg compared to what yeah. you're Obviously, I was aware of that. I was, I was kind of joking with the balaclava comment. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. You, know, you see it, don't you? I mean, Crystal Palace sort of have a watered down version of it, don't they? Is it the bottom left hand corner of the of the goal? Yeah, um, yeah. On on the left hand side, as you look at it, and I know the the other one that sticks in my mind, and Chloe's probably going to laugh at this, but Accrington Stanley, renowned for having ultras, aren't they, in the middle of the goal <laughs> at the back? Yeah. I mean, it'll never. It's uh, all seems a bit false, though, doesn't it? If it's in England, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never catch on here, anyway, because the ultras in in Italy, uh, you know, have been going 30, 40 years, and it's just part of the culture now. Yeah. It won't ever catch on here because it's far too, far too false and commercial, and it and it there's just there isn't that connection between the fans and the club. Um, that you have in Italy, and I'm talking about the Premier League here. I'm not talking kind of counties level, um, but yeah, it, when I've got time, you mentioned Palace there and everything, and yeah, it is. Yeah, but that's it's, it's, it's not. It, but it's not. But it's not our thing, though, is it? That's that's clearly an Italian thing, and possibly the Brazilians and the Argentinians have a similar thing. I would say. You know where the- oh, yeah, it's like this thing of trying to appropriate other football cultures. It's like it's like when you see these Tory MPs at the FA Cup final trying to pretend they know what's going on. Yeah, you know, just just yeah, almost trying to rip off this this football culture. It's like, well, make your own, make you know? your own up. Yeah, yeah. like the Poznan. Just, just, <laughs> just, just, just make your own. <laughs> I think, um, I think, in a way, that county are um, unintentionally quite similar in a, to an Italian fan base in that um, the community is always at the heart of, of what they do mm. uh, and we know that that is the case with county um, and just that that attitude and that um, I don't know just the sort of giving their all for you know for the club and um, it just kind of reminds me in a way that the dedication and the passion is is quite similar, but obviously we wouldn't say ultras <laughs> because no. that would sound ridiculous. Sound a bit cringe, wouldn't it? Uh, am I right in thinking that tra- travelling to away games isn't as big a thing over there? No, not really. I think because they're um, spread out uh, a lot. You know, um, some some of the games are like in Sardinia or. Uh, even you know, you we had to go to it. Bromley on Saturday. We've all got problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that um, it's all very um, strictly policed. You have to have um, what they call a tessera del tifoso, which is a, a supporters like an ID card. Wow. 
um, to go to an away match. Um, so you have to um, be a member of one of the official supporters clubs of, you know, um, and then when you go to an away match, um, you can't just rock up to the ground. You, 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 you go and you, you either bust in or trained in as, as a group uh, and march straight into the stadium so that you can't wander about in the, in the, in the city of wherever you, you're going. And then straight after the game, march back out again and straight onto your transport. So um, I think that kind of puts people off. Um, but there are people who do go to away games if they're, some of them are um, what been given a what's called a DASPO, which means that you're banned from home games. Oh, wow. So some of the, the naughtier lads uh, go to away games, you find. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's not a massive, it's not, it's not a big deal like it would be in England. There's been a few times at County where I wouldn't have minded getting a ban from home games. All <laughs> <laughs> of about five years where I wouldn't have minded that. But if, if we had to do all that ridiculous rigmarole for away games, I'd be knackered because I, I like to find the Greggs. I'm, I'm on a mission to visit every mainland Greggs in the UK. And away games are the main reason. I managed to tick like two off some away games. So if they just bust us straight into the ground, I'd be knackered. Obviously, they don't have Greggs <laughs> in Italy, so it's not really relevant. But do you know the funniest thing was when um, when I went to that uh, friendly Chelsea against Fiorentina? We were with the Fiorentina fans, and I was like queuing up for a drink at half time, and uh, the Italian fans in front of me. The, the sheer horror at the food that was oh. <laughs> it was like basically a pie or a hot dog and they were just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> marvellous quite right as well yeah <laughs> I think they were after a nice you know a little bowl of pasta yeah, yeah. country famed for its cuisine having to put up with that shite no, uh... yeah um, I've noticed as well, though, Chloe. Just as an aside, you've—I've just wanted to thank you actually for for, for referring to us as county, um, because some other outlets don't do that. Um, it's either Stockport or the Hatters, which which annoys oh, annoys me slightly. Yeah. yeah. But there you go. I just thought I'd uh, I just thought I'd wing that one in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was in, I was in Italy once um, with work, and it was lunchtime or dinner time, as I call it. Um, and I asked for a cappuccino, and all my colleagues who were Italian Ooh. laughed me, laughed at me. I was just like, what, what, what have I said? I just want a, I just want a cappuccino. Um, that was a cultural faux yeah, pas. Yeah, not lunch. I know, I, I get it all the time. Like, you, you, they have so many things that, uh, oh, you don't do this after this time, or that doesn't go with that, or whatever. And, and in the end, you just learn to ignore it, because they're always, they're always giving you funny looks, and... It, like saying English under the breath or whatever. So I'm, I used I used to work in a bar with an Italian guy, and I'd, I'd made I'd made myself a spaghetti bolognese for my tea, and he, he looked <laughs> he, he, he looked at me like I was mental. He said, "Oh, you you, you don't eat spaghetti properly." So I, I, I was sticking it up my ass at the time, to be honest. But, <laughs> <laughs> you English, you don't eat spaghetti properly. I was like, "Oh god!" So I had a, yeah, I had a fair bit of a lesson there. Put, put me off bolognese because yeah. I'm not going to be able to do it properly. Yeah. If you ever go to Bologna, which is obviously the home mm. of Bolognese, you mustn't call it spaghetti Bolognese because they get very offended. Ooh. Because yeah, not as offended as I get when people call it spag ball. Fucking all. Yeah. 
So the sauce is is actually called ragu. That, yes. Um, yeah, and they don't like it because and they, they don't have it. They have it with tagliatelle, not spaghetti. So, See, I yeah. I rather have it with tagliatelle as well. People look at me like I'm mental when I suggest having it with tagliatelle. Well, that's more authentic actually, so we can you can tell people. Right. Well, we'll we'll record you saying that, and I can just play it to my girlfriend every time she complains about the spaghetti choices. Sorted. We're learning. We're, we're learning a lot of um, little little cultural tidbits here, aren't we, for, for the podcast trip uh, to Italy that, that you're paying for? We are a, we are a cultural podcast as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah, we, we, we teach that kind of thing as well. I, I'm guessing that when you have um, ragu with tagliatelle, um, the, the ragu isn't off-the-shelf ragu that's been... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a picture of a fellow on the jar. I don't think those things exist <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Russ, you're going to get some uncomfortable revelations about uh, Dolmio any minute now. I'd <laughs> <laughs> sit down for this one, mate. No, no, well, you, you, you get me all wrong. I've, I'm, I'm well versed in, in things Italian, so you don't, don't, don't mind me. I've been there quite a few times. Um, it's, a nice, it's a nice little cultural exchange. It's almost like a middle finger to Brexit. This podcast is. <laughs> um, just going back to the writing, then, Chloe, because I know we've segued quite quite wide there actually off, off, off your writing um you you say you get paid for that is that i, I don't want to pry too much because that is that uh, is that straight into your bank account do you get cash is that a comfortable living you, you know that kind of thing do you, do you have to do things on the side um and i guess you know what sort of advice would you give people like dave perhaps who wanted to get into that yeah um it's 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 hard work um it's uh, I guess, I, I, like I say, I started off um, writing part-time. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with The Sportsman. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The Manchester-based company. And I, I, at one time, um, I was writing for them a lot. Um, and I was kind of like basically doing all their Serie A content. Um, but then they sort of changed changed tack and went off in a different direction so I don't work for them now but um, that's how I started and I was I was writing articles for them and working part-time um, in a library actually uh, which is what I did since I left school well since I left college not school um, and then uh, I'm just trying to think I've I, basically freelancing is a, is a case of um looking at different places that might take freelance content thinking of ideas and then pitching it um, sending an email saying I've got this idea blah 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 um, and then they either say yeah and we'll pay you however much for thousand words and and it kind of goes back and forth like that and then sometimes you'll get um, a regular gig um, like up until recently I was writing for football index. Mm. And I did a Serie A column for them every week, um, and and that's quite good because it's it's a more stable, regular thing mm. rather than just one-off pitches. But yeah, it's not easy, and you have to build it up slowly. Um, but now, um, I think when football stopped completely for a while um, in March. Uh, I just decided that I'd had enough of pitching myself all over the place. And I built up over sort of five or six years a good following uh, on my Twitter. Mm. And um, I decided to create my own newsletter. So uh, I do, uh, you know, 
every pretty much one a day, different things, previews, reviews of Serie A, um, features like um, of certain player or coach. And then I do a couple of podcasts a week. I go through the week's newspapers, Italian newspapers, and say what they've been saying um, and just charge a small fee per month. And that's actually gone really well. And it means that I'm more in, in charge of my own destiny because I'm not, you know, with with writing for different firms, you, you're at the mercy of their budget, really. And if their budget suddenly gets cut, then they just bin you off. And, mm. it, you know, then you have to find a new place to write for. So it's more stable. Um, and I've also been doing some consulting work. So um, there's a PR company in London that I've been working for um, who have got a, a Serie A-specific project that they're working on and they needed some um, somebody with... A good knowledge of the league and, and and the country to provide them with advice. So I've I've been doing that as well. So yeah, um, it's uh, just I'd say just writing alone, it's hard to make. Um, it it's hard to make a full time salary. But if you can get a good name for yourself and do things like I've been doing, like consulting and, and different things like that. Um, gambling companies do tend to pay quite well if you can write some stuff for them. Um, but yeah, it, it you probably do need something else on the side as well, especially in the current climate. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean that's what I wanted to get to. Really, was you know, it's not an easy thing, is it? I mean, people people probably see you with what is it, thirteen thousand followers on Twitter. Mm. Um, see you writing for Italian football about you know about Italian football, and it is. I often think there's a perception that oh, anyone can do that. Um, but it, they, they just can't, and you obviously spent a long time building that up. And you know, I've, I've read yeah. some of Dave's stuff as well, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. It's uh, you know, it's, it, not anybody can do it. So I just wanted to sort of get that across that it, you know you're doing, doing yeah, really, thanks. Good, really good sort of thing. Yeah, there. thanks, Ross. <laughs> you're welcome, mate. It is, it is something that I always wanted to do as well. I, I came about it sort of a long way round. Um, but my my initial idea was I wanted to write about foreign football. Um, and you know it that that was always my aim but when I was younger I didn't really know how to go about it the the whole connection and the link with Fiorentina has just kind of um, given me this opportunity to do it um, but you know I I always <laughs> I don't know if you remember did you remember the Edgeley Park Echo mm-hmm. yes do you remember yeah. that? Um, I, you know, I used to cut out every single um, match report. I used to, um, of, of all the papers, the Express, and then if we were ever in national papers, used to have scrapbooks full of that. I used to love the Edgeley Park Echo. I used to just consume everything I could. And I was always, like, um, good at English at school as well. So it's all just kind of pulled the strands all together and, um, you know, I I, I realise I'm very very lucky to do what I do, um, but it has, it like you say, it's not easy. It is it is you do have to really work at it, and you have to um, be willing to accept that there will be setbacks, and you do have to um, make changes in your career because the you the just a job where you know you say right you work 37 hours a week and you get paid this much they just don't exist like that really. Um, so you have to be a bit more creative in in how you how you earn your money. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I looked I looked into freelancing a few years back when I was writing a lot. I mean, I was doing a couple of articles a week for various websites, and 
yeah, it's 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 not easy. So so full full credit to you there, Chloe, for for being able to kind of branch out on your own and do your own thing. And yeah, you know, it's 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 not it's not easy. It's really not I'm, easy. I'm a bit tempted to go and try and write for a gambling company and get some of my money back off them. <laughs> um, but an interesting point about charge. I think we should charge for this because I mean, all, all that all that pasta and spaghetti talk was free. <laughs> Imagine tuning into a podcast, getting all that all that content, and then not having to pay for it. It's just scandalous. You could do a Patreon. Yes, where people can make donations. Yes, sorted. Can you imagine that? Do you know what I found that actually um, people who enjoy stuff, um, and I've really found this with my newsletter, people who enjoy stuff, they don't mind paying a bit of money for mm. it um, because they really appreciate the time that goes into it. That's like me with fags and Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Scarf Bagara War, the original county podcast established 2015. Um, I've kind of run out of questions now. What's your favourite word? <laughs> that's a good question about writing my, mine's uh, sesquipedilius that's my favourite word is it? yeah wow yeah um, I've got a question for you can you speak Italian? yes fluently? Um, I can I can read and understand it perfectly uh, speaking is probably a bit harder um, but yeah, semi-fluently. Yeah, I can, you know, have a conversation. Well, one day we'll we'll, we'll master English. One day that's more than me, anyway. <laughs> I know a few few words that, yeah, they're probably a bit inappropriate. But other than that, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we all know the F word, don't we? Uh, the danger of learning a language via football. <laughs> yeah. I know how to ask for the bill. I can say excuse me, and then I can ask for the bill. I do it in ZZs all the time, but they just look at me. Oh, like I'm, 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 I thought you meant on telly. I thought you could put the bill. That'd be the same sentence, wouldn't it? If they got the reference to the program. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't think they call the police the bill over the, the old bill. I don't think that's an Italian thing. No, that's probably true. That's probably it, true. It, yeah. It's not. It's not the gendarme either, because that's French. So how did you how did you go about learning Italian then was that was that night school was that Duolingo what did you do for that? Um, well, I did um, I did French and Spanish at A level, so I was already okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Languages were kind of my thing already, um, and Italian is fair, you know it's got similar structures to to those languages as well. So I did um, this is going to sound terrible now, but I did just kind of teach myself. Um, but it, I did, I had some, some, um, a few hours of like one-on-one private lessons, um, with a tutor. Um, but yeah, apart from that, really, um, what I would say with languages is that you have to kind of immerse yourself in it, that you, if you listen to the radio in that language, if you watch films, even with the subtitles on, um, if you can try and read stuff and, and then look at words that you don't know, um, just really try and get as much of it as you can. Um, and, and that's, and then maybe you would, you probably need to learn like the basic rules, which I already knew from my other languages. Mm. Um, but yeah, apart from that, but yeah, Duolingo is very good. I, I would uh, definitely recommend that. Um, 
go to classes, it's more like um, if you, it's like a, with a GCSE course, you're learning like how to say like bedroom furniture or you know <laughs> just stuff that very useful I mean I, I wouldn't know how to say that in Italian but I can hold a normal conversation with people so um I would watch out for the formal learning route if you want to learn a language yeah yeah I mean programs are good I'm I'm currently learning Welsh and S4C when the football's on it's just it's just brilliant to, you know you can pick out words and structures and things like that yeah. Yeah. yeah really really good way of doing it and it and when you can understand little bits it feels really good yeah so dave do you and do you know italian then being a big big uve fan the old lady like i say bits and pieces um swear words how to order a coffee ask where the train station is (laughs) 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 Um, yeah yeah i mean i kind of picked up bits and pieces from um conversations on on twitter and things like that and obviously um Reading, reading bits and pieces as well. So yeah, 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 a little bit, not much. If you could learn any language, Dave, what would it be? Would it be Italian? Um, if it wasn't English, then yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I'd go for one of the fictional ones, me. Yeah. Yeah, Do- Dothraki from Game of Thrones. That'd suit me. I think. <laughs> Klingon. Yeah. No, no, too much. I got, no, no, I'd have no chance there. Don't go for Rocky. I feel, I feel like I could at least have a good go, but Klingon, nah, I'd have a nightmare. Favourite stadium, apart from Fiorentina? And, Ed- okay. and Edgley, Edgley uh, Park, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, the, um, it's Stadio Luigi Ferraris, which is General in Sampdoria, Sampdoria yeah. Stadium, which they actually um, more commonly known as Marassi. Uh, because that's the little area it's in. Um, if you went, you would find it very familiar because it's kind of designed um, on an English model. Um, so it's it's more, a lot of the Italian stadiums are, are circular and, and it's a, a square. Um, so they don't have a curver as such because it's not curved and they call it a gradinata, which is like uh, steps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the atmosphere there is just superb i think i've, I've been to genoa match and a sampdoria match and I, I have to say i think sampdoria's fans are probably a little bit better um but it's um genoa itself is lovely it's like a, a port city so uh, there's a really nice like modern port area and that just off the port is the, the genoa museum and the club was actually founded by a guy from Hazel Grove called William Garbutt. You beat me to it. I was just about to tell you that. That's a name that rings the bell, that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, and apparently his parents are buried in Norbury Church. Um, But um, the museum itself is fantastic. There was William Garbutt, who's the the first, sorry, he was the first um, manager. And um, the guy who founded it was called James Richardson Spenceley. Um, who, uh, because it was a Genoa CFC, Genoa Cricket and Football Club, and the English people came over to Italy because obviously it was a port and uh, founded this cricket and football club. And that was the first club in Italy. They didn't have football before that. So obviously we we gave it to them as such. Um, but this museum is fantastic and it's, it's uh, 
got a load of stuff from those early days and some brilliant uh, Genoa shirts from down the years. And they've they've got the uh, a lot of the crests. They've got the St George's mm. cross yeah. on it uh, because they're. It, in fact, interesting story. They had St George as their patron saint first, and we uh, England paid money to them to be able to use it. So we kind of nicked it off, <laughs> or we paid, but uh, they had it first. So, yeah, so there's loads of interesting stuff in there like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I really I really do like that stadium and, and that city in general. It's, it's, it's a really cool place. Yeah, yeah. If you ever see it on the, if you ever see it on the cell, which obviously I only ever have, it's always really claustrophobic, isn't it? And I don't mean that in a negative way. When you see a game there, it's just, it's quite intimidating. Because, as you say, yeah. the majority of Italian stadiums are, you know, quite quite big, you know, cavernous type stadiums, mm-hmm. aren't they? But there, it's very, 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 very intimate, very close. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them have because of Italia ninety, um, and when they were getting money to redevelop the stadiums for the for that tournament, and the Italian Olympic Committee paid for some of those um, redevelopments. And the condition was that a lot of them had to have running tracks. So because of that, a lot of the fans are quite far back from the pitch because you've got the fans, then the running track, then the pitch. Mm-hmm. So And General doesn't have that, so it is more intimate. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's got who's got the best kits? Um, <laughs> well, Fiorentina purple. You know. Of course, yeah, yeah. After Obviously. that, after that, um, I have to say Sampdoria. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. Agree. Love those they just look so. Uh, you know, every year the new design comes out, but um, even though they've tweaked it slightly, it's still really stunning. And um, if I didn't support Fiorentina, I think I'd definitely be after a. A Sampdoria shirt or something like that. A good, good county connection as well with the Sampdoria shirt. That's one of my favourite county county shirts ever. That the one was it? Was it? Was it yeah, Steve in the playoffs? Wasn't it? I missed yeah. out on the playoffs. Yeah. Didn't we vote it as the best kit of the two thousands? Apparently so. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Which season was that? Uh, uh, Danny, the Danny Lloyd season, sixteen, seventeen. Uh, yeah. I think. Was yeah, it? yeah. Get you now, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking further back than that for some reason. Mm. It, it all just blends into one when it comes when it comes to the years in non-league. <laughs> if we've got nothing more for Chloe, I'll uh, I'll wrap it up with a few a few parish notices. I always get yeah. that wrong. Is it parish notices or parishes notice? I have no idea. Uh, parish, parish notices. Notice I. Notice I. <laughs> um, so coming up on the podcast, we've got um, we've got Keith Briggs on the podcast just before Christmas. Uh, we're lining up Stephen O'Halloran and uh, Darren Ryan, probably in the new year now, uh, unless we can get one of those on earlier. Uh, and ahead of our FA Cup match against West Ham, we're actually having a podcast with uh, with their social channel. Um, they do podcasts and live video and all sorts of stuff going on there. Uh, so we'll get that done before that that live FA Cup match that's on on BT Sport. They're called Knees Up Mother Brown. Um, oh, so if... record it in like a, a car park in Stoke or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, I, I watched the a part of their a part of their uh, sort of video on YouTube when they were looking at the FA Cup draw, and one of their lads said. Um, 
his actual words when they got us was bloody Nora. <laughs> so I don't think they're looking forward to playing us. Oh, um, is he from around here? No, it was a southern one. It was a bloody Nora. Oh, right, um, right, yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah, so uh, that, that should be good. And then we've got all those guests lined up for after Christmas, um, a, f- a few that we, we're going to tap into. So, uh, so yeah, watch this space. Excellent. And where, where can people find all our stuff for us? If you go to www.scarfbagarreward.co.uk, there's links to everything on there. There's links to uh, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes. There's links to Dave's blog, uh, the YouTube videos. You can do- you can give us money on there as well. You know, it's it's all on there. Um, Chloe, just before we go, do you want to just tell people how they can get hold of your uh, content as well? Uh, yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter, which is at Chloe J Beresford. It's B-E-R-E-S-F-O-R-D. Um, and my um, newsletter is called Curva A Calcio. Um, so it's curvaacalcio.substack.com. Um, so with that, unless anybody's got anything else you want to say before we go, Dave, uh-huh. Nick? Oh, actually, no. Um, well, we're on the subject of Italian football there. Um, if anybody wants to learn more, I mean, you can Google these things, but if you fancy a good old-fashioned book, um, Calcio by uh, William Foote is is a great, great book um, on Italian football. I uh, recommend that to, to anyone who wants to, uh, um, you know, buy their other, a significant other uh, a Christmas present. Can you just say that again? I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna take the headphones out so my missus can hear that. Hear <laughs> <laughs> <Enjoy> that, love. <laughs> Seriously, I, I've got, I've got a copy. It's really good. It's really good. It's um, well yeah, worth a read. Yeah, I think I've, I have. I do actually have a copy somewhere. Um, it, it's it's one of them things where where I've taken it with me when I've moved house about three times. So it's in a box somewhere. So that's something to look forward to. I actually had him on my podcast last week. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yes. yes. Humble brag. Talk about Maradona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Still available. Nice. <laughs> i get that in there. Good stuff. Okay. Um, so all that's left to do is to say a massive thanks to Chloe for coming along yeah. and, and being our guest. Oh, thanks for having me. That's okay. Thanks to Dave and Nick for, for, just, for just being Dave and Nick, really. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Russ, for being Cheers, here. Cheers, Russ. Oh, thanks. Uh, and with that, I'll uh, say goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. This podcast was written, recorded, and produced by Russ Johnson, Nick Lee, and Dave Long, with thanks to our guest, Chloe Beresford. Due to social distancing guidelines, this episode was recorded remotely, so don't write in. For more, visit all the W's scarfbegarawar.co.uk.
the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.